This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, May 21st, 2021. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, country music and working people. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. Now, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. This is Radio Labour. Country music has been traditionally related to the struggles of working people. But is it now changing? That is one of the issues being addressed in a university course by Tim Fowler. Mr. Fowler is conducting a course called Class, Country Music and Social Change for Brock University in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. The two-week extensive course will run in mid-July 2021. It will cover almost a hundred years of the relations between country music and workers. I asked Mr. Fowler how country music is connected to workers. Country music has always reflected the lives of working people. The genre has always told stories. The songs almost always have a story element to them. And you can hear songs of miners, of oil patch workers, farmers, truckers. There's this whole subgenre that popped up about trucking songs. Most recently, stories of retail workers. And the way that working people's lives have changed across time gets reflected in country music songs. We get songs about changing nature of rural life, about workers moving to cities, to finding jobs. How people have responded to these changes shows up a lot in the lyrics, too. You get songs where people living in cities and they're thinking about what rural life back home once was. It's a really, to me, interesting reflection of the lives that working people, mostly in the United States, but sometimes in Canada, too, have gone through for the past hundred or so years. What topics and issues will the course address? The course is a hundred-year history, hundred-ish year history of the genre of country music. I became really interested in that. I noticed there's sort of these two movements that take part in country music. There's always been a more radio-friendly version of the genre that seems to broadly try to appeal to the middle classes. It might just be mistaken for pop music at times. There's not a lot of country twang element to it. And at the same time, there's always been a a movement for a more harder country sound that's less concerned with getting play on the radio. And I found that type of music frequently has more of a political or more of a working class bent to it. So I traced these two histories of country music from the 1920s to about today. And I look at things like the way gender has been portrayed or not portrayed in country music. We've seen a lot of women country music stars in the past few years say there's a gender problem in country music. Country songs written by women aren't being played on the radio anymore. And that's true. And it always struck me as one of the first acts we can really call country was the Carter family. Two women in that. So how do we get from one of the first country bands being two-thirds women to women aren't on country radio today? I look at the history of race in country music and how early country music drew on 
influences of, of black Americans, you know, the banjo and, and blues style music to country music today is very white. And then I dip in and out of some of the more overt political statements that country bands have made and country artists have made. Can you tell us a bit about country music and social change today? Country music gets wrapped up in the culture wars in the United States, for lack of a, a better term, where class gets reduced to this purely cultural variable. There's not a lot of an economic element to it at all. And country music gets pointed to as sort of this thing that, you know, quote-unquote, real Americans or real working people listen to. And it's a signifier of this somewhat reactionary, somewhat populist nature of, you know, right-wing politics. And I'm not sure that mainstream country music today is reflective of working Americans. The genre is really quite white. We know that the working classes in North America are rather ethnically diverse and racially diverse. If you think of country songs, a lot of people think of, to the point of cliche, songs about trucks. And I've got a, a friend who pointed out that average sale price of a Ford F-Series truck is about $55,000, tops out at about $80,000. And that's used as a signifier of you know, working class identity. For that money, you could go out and buy a BMW and no one would think of that as an identifier of working class uh, identity. So uh, I think country music today is reflective of a, a very narrow segment of the population and in some ways is not as reflective of social change in America and Canada as it used to be. You mentioned the American working class. It seems that the working class in the United States has been increasingly aligned with the Republican Party and its right-wing stances, which has resulted, I'm assuming, in fewer left-oriented, union-positive songs. Is that true? Is that what's happening? I think so. I think we have a, a bunch of mainstream country stars who are proudly Republican, proudly align themselves with conservative causes, and, you know, sing these songs that certainly have some pride about working, but it, it's in that sort of bootstrapism as everyone should be proud to work and pull themselves up by their bootstraps. If you look for it, there is a left-wing tradition in modern country. I find it today in the subgenres of alternative countries, sometimes called Americana, which has a more overtly left progressive political view and challenges some of these assumptions. I think in mainstream country, we can point to few progressive or left voices. I, I can think of uh, Marin Morris. I can think of the Chicks, maybe Jason Isbell. But yeah, largely the country music you hear on the radio today is really closely aligned with populist, conservative, Republican movements. The course, Class, Country, Music, and Social Change, is being conducted for two weeks starting July 12, 2021. You can find more information about the course by emailing Mr. Fowler at tfowler at brocku.ca. That's T-F-O-W-L-E-R at B-R-O-C-K-U dot C-A. 
Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labor Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the first-ever online international labor conference, the International Labor Organization's General Meeting. The ILO is a tripartite body with representatives of national governments, employers, and workers. This year, the workers' group elected Annette Chipeleme of Zambia as conference vice president. She will lead discussions at the conference on the ILO's response to COVID-19 and on the organization's position on social protections. We also had coverage of the arrest of a Kenyan migrant worker in Qatar after he publicized the working conditions he was experiencing. And we carried stories about the global labor movement's reaction to the conflict between Palestine and Israel, and especially the deaths of civilians in Gaza. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found analyses of the impact that public sector wage freezes and real wage cuts will have on women in countries like the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. We also covered the push for safe public transport by women trade unionists in Tunisia, and unfortunately we carried stories about the garment workers shot by police during a protest over wage theft and cancelled Eid bonuses in Bangladesh. Our health and safety coverage included the role of trade unions in overcoming vaccine hesitancy around the world, calls for school closures by education unions in Cape Verde as infections there surge, and celebrations by New Zealand dockers as the CEO of the country's largest port resigned, in part as a result of that port's dismal safety record. Our photo of the week is of a Polish worker, just one of 5,000 IKEA employees in that country, whose union won a huge victory last year in the fight for decent wages. That fight and the victory was part of the Building and Woodworkers International Global IKEA Union Building Strategy. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the requests of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight two urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade unionists imprisoned in Turkey and in Algeria. Those are just two of our 11 active campaigns. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. It takes only seconds to send a message that could help change workers' lives for the better. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Pete Seeger with Talkin' Union. Now if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, it won't be long. You get shorter hours, better working conditions, vacations with pay, take your kids to the seashore. It ain't quite this simple, so I better explain just why you got to ride on the union train. Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay, we'll all be awaiting till judgment day. We'll all be buried, gone to heaven. St. Peter will be the straw boss then. Now you know you're underpaid, but the boss says you ain't. He speeds up the work till you're about to faint. You may be down and out, but you ain't beaten. You can pass out a leaflet and call a meeting, talk it over. 
speak your mind Decide to do something about it Cause the boss may persuade some poor damn fool To go to your meeting and act like a stool But you can always tell a stool though That's a fact he's got a yaller streak running down his back He doesn't have to stool He'll always get along On what he takes out of blind men's cups You got a union now and you're sitting pretty Put some of the boys on the steering committee The boss won't listen when one guy squawks Cause he's got to listen when the union talks He'd better be mighty lonely Everybody decide to walk out on him Suppose they're working you so hard it's just outrageous And they're paying you all starvation wages You go to the boss and the boss would yell Before I raise your pay I'd see you all in hell Well he's puffing a big cigar feeling mighty slick Cause he thinks he's got your union lick Well he looks out the window and what does he see But a thousand pickets and they all agree he's a bastard Unfair Slave driver Betty beats his wife Now, boys, you come to the hardest time. The boss will try to bust your picket line. He'll call out the police, the National Guard. They'll tell you it's a crime to have a union card. They'll raid your meeting. They'll hit you on the head. They'll call every one of you a damn red unpatriotic. Japanese spies. Sabotaging national defense. But out at Ford, here's what they found, and out at Balti, here's what they found, and out at Alice Chalmers, here's what they found, and down at Bethlehem, here's what they found, that if you don't let red baiting break you up, and if you don't let stool pigeons break you up, and if you don't let vigilantes break you up, and if you don't let race hatred break you up, you'll win. What I mean, take it easy, but take it. And that's it, labor news you can use. You can find our international features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radiolabor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about solidarity.